found out the secret it's all just matter Two incredible women out of Sydney. First up was Georgia June with her new single and right there, Nadine with Nothing Matters. It is 10 past 10 on your Monday. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie. Lucy Smith. Featuring Jack and Andre. (laughs) FBI Radio. I feel like we always have a slight issue with the sting whenever we all come together in the studio. Love it. Oh my god, that wasn't an issue. You really just improved. I nailed it, really. Jack and Andre join me, Lucy Smith, in the studio for Movies, 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 which is where we kind of dive into the world of film and you guys tell us what's happening each week. You give us two reviews. Mm-hmm. And this week we're talking Cannes Film Festival among movie news. But what do you want to start with? Well, I'm going to start with Cannes Film Festival because one of our friends, Eric, is one of the few, uh, Alec Lenarkowitz from Afters is one of the f- like only Australians in the festival this year, which is super exciting with his film Dots. Um, I'm going <laughs> to jump onto my Milos Forman next, so <laughs> we're just going from behind the Iron Curtain. Um, so anything else to add about Cannes? I mean, uh, it's a huge film festival. I would it's like it's the like Coachella of film festivals, Days to Your Line. Basically, we got the Iranian filmmaker Oscar Fahadi opening it with a Spanish film. Uh, he's already won two Oscars and now he's got his new film coming out. Uh, um, and Australians in Cannes. Amazing, exciting. But on the other end of the spectrum, we got the new Ocean's 8 movie that's like creeping up towards us. It's a whole new remake of the Ocean's 11 films. When is that coming out? I feel like it's been coming for years. It's coming out in June, I'm pretty sure. But mm-hmm. knowing Australia, it'll come out in 2025. It's got Rihanna in it, Aquafina, Kate Blanchett, all these famous A-listers, Anne Hathaway's the evil villain in it. <gasps> Ooh. And hopefully it's like an exciting revamp of a tired film film series. In sadder news, Milos Forman passed away yesterday. He was the director of Amadeus, most famous for like One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest, but he was this kind of amazing Czech filmmaker, like he's what you should be watching instead of Kubrick. He made these like sweeping dark comedies about institutions. Um, I don't know, if you want to check out, check out Loves of a Blonde Mm -hmm. and Feynman's Ball and it's just hugely sad. There is nothing exciting about his death other than the fact that I can now have a reason to open my second run special edition of Audition which came out in 1963 and I can watch it because I haven't done that yet. And on an exciting note, Amy Poehler is directing her first film with a bunch of pals. Which looks like a sweeping dark comedy about institutions. It's about a bunch of ladies who go to a 50th at a vineyard and I'm expecting heaps of bad shit to happen. This could have been set in Australia, I think. This is like an Adelaidean story. even believe it. It's like watching my mum's like Insta stories if she had them. I wonder if Amy Poehler got offered some cool tax breaks from the Adelaide Film Corporation to shoot in Adelaide, and she was like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna shoot in Tampa Valley." Yeah, just like Big Little Lies. Totally lends itself to rural Australia. Exactly. Yeah, country vibe. Who are the pals that are joining Amy Poehler? The pals are Rachel. They're basically all SNL alumni. Yeah, like Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, Tina Fey. More importantly, Um, but also a couple of writers from Thirty Rock. Saturday Night Live, just basically their their posse, and they're coming together for Amy's first directorial debut. I know. In- S- speaking of posses, I was just going to say, I think the main film posse that returned last night were the original Charlie's Angels, Destiny's Child, mm. when they popped up on stage True. in front of that Aries New Moon, totally like Illuminati pyramid. Let's talk about Beyonce, the filmmaker. <laughs> Beyonce is a filmmaker. She's a filmmaker. She's, amazing. She's Emmy nominated filmmaker for yeah, Lemonade. Exactly. Yeah, a- incredible moment. Um, I mean, 
I just was awestruck by it. Mm-hmm. Two hours of total bliss. It's a shame that we have to review a film that I did not love this week because I just loved watching Coachella last night. <laughs> yeah, Coachella all night, Brockhampton. To... Brockhampton. Oh my god, it was amazing. Totally fantastic. Yeah. Baychella is what I'm. Yeah, what I'm now referring to it as. Forever, I reckon. Mm. I think you know. We were saying off mic, Jack, that this is this is it. This mm. is the peak of entertainment for now, for our generation. And it was really just like a shining light after the like horrible, horrible crushing lows that we were talking about of this Mercury retrograde that really (laughs) hit us all so hard. It was like, thank God, Beyonce. And also, funnily (laughs) enough, another great female filmmaker who had a smashing Coachella performance last year was Sia. And uh, she was she was getting lauded when that happened for being the best performer at Coachella. Or was it two years ago? No, it was last year. She was getting all these accolades and this attention for being for putting on the best show that's ever been seen at Coachella. And uh, it's been outdone by Beyonce. Who... Already, one year later. Mm. Oof, so many ladies killing it mm. on stage and in film. Mm-hmm. This has been a real real girls to the front kind of week. It always movies, is. Movies, As it should movies. be. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Up next, we're going to have two reviews. One of them is for Isle of Dogs, which I'm really interested to hear because I've heard very uh, varying opinions on this one. Jack and Andre are in for Movies, Movies, Movies. Darcy Bayliss is going to take us there. Oh, the taste of cherry. Darcy Bayliss with the taste of cherry in the midst of Movies, Movies, Movies with Jack and Andre. Two reviews. One review. And then and then another review. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. This week I'm talking about a really heartwarming and unlikely documentary called The Song Keepers. Basically, when back when missions were scattered across Australia and when most of these missions were genocidal, colonising, righteous little outlets of evil, there was this one little pocket in Central Australia where a couple of German Lutherans seemed to be an exception to the rule. And so there's these ancient German psalms that they taught and stuck for sto- like with stories for generations. And they've been going down like the line for 170 years in the Western Aranta and Pinjara languages. And they're still sung today. And this documentary is about this super charismatic choir leader who manages across mind-blowing distances to assemble these amazing, hilarious, angelic-sounding women together to form the Central Australian Aboriginal Women's Choir and then take them all to Germany to sing those songs back in the churches that they were first sung. It's like this passing of oral history across the planet. The women share incredibly tough stories, but they're also really light moments, especially while they travel, and I loved hanging with them in this movie. It made me fa- think about finding the silver linings and running with them and sharing the best of what you can share, even if the past has been dark, to lift the present and walk into the future without defences. The Songkeepers is open for a super limited release starting this Thursday at Dendi. Jack, it was such a beautiful niche doco, and uh, everything you said... Uh, was stuff that I didn't know about at all going into this film. I had no idea that there were these communities that sang all these... Is Germanic the right word? Or all yeah. these European hymns that were being passed down into these remote community choirs. And just seeing that play out with such joy and love and passion... And in language as well. In language as well is just totally unique and uh, like I just had never seen anything like it and it blew me away. And it also felt just like this home video of like when your like grandma goes on a cruise or something 
that's really cute, but then goes in depth. Like, all of a sudden, we're jumping into the history of these women and why this specific mission was really important. And Totally. And, I mean, like, speaking of, like, location, 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 it's half set in remote Australia in these beautiful bush communities. And then the second half of the film is set overseas in Germany. Yeah, or in, like, acro- Munich. In Munich, across all these European townships. And it's just... Uh, these, it's just seeing them sing these hymns uh, as a huge choir in both the parts of the world is uh, kind of mind-blowing. Uh, totally. Yeah. This week I'm reviewing Isle of Dogs. Uh, it's already released nationally, yeah. but if you've ever worked at a horrible part-time job uh, late into the night and have wanted to leave early, but it's 3am, but you're still cleaning a kitchen and the moment your shift ends you go to leave the shop, but wait, your old boss wants to sit down and tell you a long-winded story about their life, something completely unrelated, unrelatable, your body is halfway out the door, you have to stay, you listen, you're tired, you're bored, but you stay. Does this remind you of anything? It reminds me of every single Wes Anderson movie ever made. And the latest one, Isle of Dogs, while it has a cute premise about a bunch of dogs who live in a dystopian trash island, is an affair that is so Wes Anderson, it will either inspire excitement or complete utter boredom upon watching. Isle of Dogs to me is just a bossier, a more hetero version of the Ocean's Eleven movies, except with animals. And if you feel like being, if you, if you like feeling mansplained by a cartoon for nearly two hours, be my guest. The only way I could have liked this movie is if Cardi B had appeared in the film, but not in claymation form. And it also stars one infamous individual who is on the wrong side of hashtag me too. Jack, if that's not a strict, hateful review, then I don't know what is. <laughs> what is it? You always do the strict, hateful reviews. You love it. Well, I also hate Wes Anderson, so it's perfect. I know. This movie made me... I've never fallen asleep in movies until Wes Anderson happened. And mm. I fell asleep in Grand Budapest Hotel. Now mm. I'm falling asleep in this. There's something amazing about the first 30 minutes that feels Harry Potter and exciting and, like, mm. inventive. And then it's just, like, consistently so boring. Mm. Like, I thought Jumanji was such a better movie than mm. this. Also, straight up, let me just say, George Clooney is the worst voice actor choice. He's as bad as seeing Ben Affleck on screen. He's just so masculine and so monotonous and he sounds like he's just talking down to people the whole time. I don't care how sexy he is in those espresso commercials. I hate (laughs) hearing his voice behind an animated possum. It's just not cool. This movie copped a a bit of controversy because Mm. it was seen to be culturally inappropriate. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, so I guess uh, one of the main criticisms in the film is that it's an American production about this kind of dystopian Japanese future. And a lot of people claim that it was culturally appropriating Japanese culture. I don't feel like I'm an expert on the topic, so I can't really comment. All I, know- I think what people were taking issue with is right at the start, it says everyone's going to talk in their native tongue and we're not really going to translate with mm. subtitles. And so there's a lot of characters that translate for you, but mm. a lot of times you're kind of left in the dark. And I think some people took issues with that. But if people are interested, there was uh, one of the four producers was a Japanese writer and actor whose voice is in the film. So I guess along with Roman Coppola, who was the head writer, and Wes Anderson, there was a consultant on set. Whether that qualifies as creating something that's authentic <coughs> is for the audience to decide. But it has copped quite a bit of uh, divide because of that. So, do you reckon we should go and see it for ourselves, or are you like, nah, skip well, it? Well, I mean, we need more love in the world, so if you love Wes Anderson, uh, you'll love this, You're and gonna you'll love die. It. If you don't, uh, you can just pass. Uh, 
I'm just frustrated that we can't see another season of Sense8, but we can see another Wes Anderson movie that took five years to make and probably took up, you know, $5 million of budget that could have been given <laughs> to a beautiful independent Sydney cider like me to make a film. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> Two reviews there. If you want to check them out, head to fbiradio.com slash programs and click on mornings. But up next on Movies, 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 we actually have a guest joining us. That's right. So while Wes Anderson's being made and being thrown money at, we have Daisy Montalvo, who is based in Western Sydney, who makes low-budget web series content. She's based at Curious Works, and she's here to talk about her upcoming web production, Las Rosas. She's going to talk about uh, telenovela filmmaking, uh, the production that she's working on, how we can get involved, and hopefully we get to learn a little bit more about what telenovela is. That coming up right after this track from Ross from Friends. This is John Cage. Movies, movies, movies. Probably one of my favourite names for an artist, Ross from Friends. That single was John Cage. Movies, movies, movies is what you're listening to. We got a text on 0409 945 945 from Eilish. Timed my driving around the segment, sitting in my parked car to hear the rest. So proud. We definitely are. And we've got a guest coming in right now. Sydney Spotlight. We're back and we are here today joined by Daisy Montalvo, who is here to talk about Western Sydney filmmaking. She's got a web series in production called Las Rosas. It's a telenovela. What is that? (laughs) Tell us, what's a telenovela? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I guess there's so many ways you could see it. It's essentially like a soap opera, but like even more intense. (laughs) You could say there's a lot of slaps. (laughs) Um, There's generally a lot of drama, like with family. Um, The best thing about telenovelas, though, is anyone can watch it. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, like whether you're rich, you're living in a penthouse or whether, you know, you're watching it on a TV screen, like in a shopping centre somewhere, like... Mm. It's for everyone. <laughs> it's, like, totally yeah. egalitarian. What's, like, your juiciest subplot in Las Rosas? Ooh. Um, I don't know how much I could give away, but... <laughs> um, I guess, well, there's a lot of drama between the sisters, so... But on top of that, there's a bit of side... Sto- like, a uh, side plot as well, which is quite interesting, and it goes... Um, it's very... Um, I think it will resonate very well with LGBTQ, like, cool. community, um, and it's pretty exciting, I think... I don't know. We're pretty excited for the thing, um, but yeah. Daisy, for someone like me who's completely new to this and has no idea what the series is about, can you give us a brief overview? Yeah. Okay, so um, Las Rosas is a telenovela-inspired web series. It's about sisterhood, love, and growing up. So there's two um, main um, characters, which are the two sisters, um, and they're trying to pull off a quinceanera, which is a very... Um, it's it's a celebration that um, a lot of young women at the age of 15 have. Um, it's to, it's kind of like a coming of age party, like, you know, like you're sweet 16, but it's, you know, the Latino version of it. Um, but yeah, like they're trying to pull off this party in a very suburban Mount Druid, <laughs> um, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it kind of resonates Druid with my like, story. <laughs> how does Mount Druid feed into it? Um, well, I'm, I'm from Mount Druid, so the story is actually kind of close to me. Um, so the two sisters is kind of based on me and my sister. <laughs> um, and I guess it, I think what I wanted to do was you don't hear like firstly you don't like hear a lot of or watch a lot of telenovelas in Australia itself but in Western Sydney it's there's a really 
different view on like the way they portray it in films and TV. So I kind of wanted to play with telenovelas and making it like kind of the way I I portray it. Obviously don't portray it like a telenovela every day, but <laughs> it's, you know, I wanted to play with the idea of how we portray Western Sydney. Do you mind talking about the production a little bit? Are you, you're the writer director, is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Do you mind talking, running us through a little bit what it's been like making this, uh, what your role has been in it, how it's come to fruition? Uh, yeah, um, great. So um, we actually had five writers, so it was really very unique writing style because we all come from, I guess, different writing styles and a lot of the characters in um, Las Rosas is, is, relates to one way or another to the writers. So, for example, myself, I've got the two sisters, Ethan, which is the older sister's boyfriend and the dad, and then um, Miranda, our showrunner, and um, second lead writer is um, she, her character Sunny and Honey, uh, very close to her as well. And then um, we've got Sylvia, which is close to our writer Sean and Dominic, uh, yeah Domino, um, which is very close to um, Thomas, our other writer. So it we've been I think probably a whole year of writing (laughs) and then we went into production in September last year. Amazing. It's been like such a long project. Such a long project. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Is there anything else you wanted to add about Las Rosas? Like Mm. something uh, juicy or is there a way that people can get involved? Yeah, so we've actually got a Kickstarter page. It's called Las Rosas Western Sydney Telenovela Kickstarter. Um, So we're trying to raise money um, just for our post-production stage. So we're um, trying to create, well, we're doing all the sound design stuff soon. Um, But, you know, for it to happen, we do need some funds. (laughs) Um, So if you want to get involved, um, please help us out. Uh, We've got, um, you know, We've got the page there, so we've got six days. So, oh my god, please so help get us involved. make get our involved. goal. Get on stage. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and you want to see like a Latina telenovela, Bold and the Beautiful, <laughs> out in Mount Druitt, which I absolutely do. So amazing, supporting Western filmmakers, Western Sydney filmmakers. Uh, yeah, I want to see something juicy and funny and uh, hot, and I just really want to <laughs> see it. So, where do they, where do they go? What's the page? Uh, it's um. It's called Las Rosas. If you just type into Google Las Rosas Western Sydney Telenovela Kickstarter, it should show up there. (laughs) We can also pop a link at fbiradio.com slash programs if you click on mornings. I do also want to finally ask Daisy, uh, coming at this from a semi-autobiographical perspective, why do you think it's important to tell this story? Um, Look, I've, I've always kind of wanted... I've always wanted to tell stories, but I wasn't sure what kind of platform to do it on. Um, So I think being able to share a story that isn't just the normal, like, um, you know, Australian TV drama that you see and, you know, on the TV, we are such a multicultural, like, country now. And I think that I want to be able to create stories that people can relate to. And there's a lot of people that, like... um, that actually watch a lot of like Korean dramas and things like that and I thought it'd be interesting to have something a little different and something that everyone can kind of enjoy and can show different cultures and you know stories in there 
as well. Absolutely. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm psyched. <laughs> Daisy Montavo in the studio for Movies, Movies, Movies. If you want to check out Las Rosas and contribute to the Kickstarter, we do have a link for you at fbiradio.com where you can also check out Jack and Andre's movie reviews as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in for another edition of Movies, Movies, Movies. I'm obsessed with the both of you. And Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Sounds good. See you next week. See Thanks guys. for having See This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.